Welcome to the Hennapreneur Podcast, the exclusive podcast of its kind, dedicated to giving you an honest look at the reality of making a living as a henna professional. I'm your host, Chelsea Stevenson, professional henna artist and business strategist. I teach budding henna artists and seasoned henna pros alike how to build vibrant, profitable businesses doing what they love. I went from being the girl who could barely piece together a fluid design to being owner of the most celebrated henna boutique in my city. And with years of experience growing my own business and helping others to do the same, I'm here to spill all the tea on what it takes to be a bona fide hennapreneur. Our show starts in just under 60 seconds, but first, here's a quick shout out to my sponsors. This episode is sponsored by The Design Lab. Are you ready to improve your henna designing skills and develop your very own signature style? You know, you know, like one that your clients will love and they'll choose you for every single time they need their henna fix? Yeah, you definitely wanna be inside of the lab. The Hennapreneur Design Lab is a monthly subscription that provides you with curated design classes and follow along templates to build your henna skill set, so you can work with clients more confidently, creating stunning designs that wow them every single time. Inside of the Design Lab, artists just like you are working to build their henna application skills, boost their confidence with design composition, and give their clients a fresh new reason to visit them each and every month. Members of the Design Lab receive classes each month with in-depth lessons that show the techniques being taught both on flat surfaces and also showing real-time client application. So you get to watch, listen, and learn as you walk through the designing process from start to finish, not just on a practice board, but also in a real setting with a real person. Plus, when you join the Design Lab, you get two bonus classes as well. Foundations of Design, where you learn to master the essential building blocks of henna designing, and Working with Clients 101, a class that's all about how to prepare for client work, the etiquettes of working with henna, and the must-have gear that every henna artist needs. You can learn more about the Design Lab by visiting hennapreneur.com. All right, let's get to the show. Hey, hey, hennapreneurs. I am so excited to be back with you for another episode You know, I want to talk to you about um, an experience that I had with a recent client, and she said something to me that I found to be really insightful, and as soon as she said it, I thought, I've got to share this with my community, because you guys, sometimes we, in our work, right, we operate from this place where we want to serve people, and we know our jobs and we know what comes along with henna, right? And we know what henna entails and we know, like we know all the things, right? We are the expert. And we make the assumption that the people who come and visit us also have that same knowledge. And um you know when you operate from that place what what we call the curse of knowledge where you know you know a thing and you you just can't remember what it's like to not know that thing. And you kind of like project and make the assumption that everyone else does as well. Um, And when you do that, it can really um, cause friction in ways that you might not even be aware of. And so um, I had a conversation with a client today and I thought I really have to share this, you know, with my community because it, the, the thing that she said was so, it, it just, oh, it just, it hit the nail on the head. So let me double back. Okay. So I have a client who, I really, really enjoy. And she's a new to me client. I've seen her only a handful of times, uh, but she was um, 
choose a referral from another henna artist um, who's actually not even from my area. So this is a client who recently relocated across country. Okay. And so um, she, you know, she came to the Baltimore area and she was looking for a henna artist and we uh, were connected and I really, I really enjoyed her. And so she, um, you know, she, she said to me in her, in her most recent appointment that she loved henna, she enjoyed henna, uh, but she really found herself annoyed with the artist who she used to visit because she left the appointment. You know, she's like, you know, I really, I enjoyed her. You know, we had really great energy going together and whatnot. And then she said, um, you know, and I got my henna done and I left the appointment and I felt great. And then I get an email after the appointment with like a list of homework. And she goes, I want to know, and she the reason she asked is because I have not given her the same homework <laughs> that um, that this artist gave her, and the homework entailed, you know, like the whole lemon sugar, you know, okay, you need to get a lemon and make lemon sugar and put it on your henna and leave it on for you know forever and all the things, and um, and she said, you know, it's 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 interesting. You didn't give that homework to the client. There was a client who was, um, with me prior to, like when she arrived at the boutique, there was a client who I was finishing up with and I didn't, I didn't provide those steps. I didn't provide that homework. And so she asked, you know, is there a reason why basically? And, um, and so I wanted to explain, first of all, you guys, lemon sugar is really not a thing. Like if you understand the chemistry of henna, then you know that the practice of putting lemon sugar on your paste really is cultural. Um, lemon sugar doesn't actually darken your stain. <laughs> Let me just put that out there now. Lemon sugar does not actually darken your stain. The what's actually what's causing your stain to deepen and to darken is the is the sugar component, not the lemon component. Lemon, um, the acidity of the lemon definitely does help to release the dye molecule, but that's during dye release. That's not after dye release has already happened. So the chemistry there, like uh, the 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 thought, right, and this is total tangent because this makes me crazy, but the thought that, oh, if you put lemon on your design after the design is done, then you'll get a darker stain, it has nothing to do with the lemon. The lemon, the acidity in the lemon has already done its job during dye release and does not have any bearing on the stain itself on the skin after dye release has happened because dye release doesn't happen a second time, you know? Um, so what actually is the thing that's causing the the darkening of the stain, if you will, and I'm definitely doing air quotes here because I, I, I have thoughts, um, is the sugar. It's that the sugar is causing the paste to stay on the skin longer. That additional exposure is what helps to have a darker stain. So can we like, can hennapreneurs, like, can we stop perpetuating the idea that lemon sugar is like a save all for excellent henna stains? Because it's not. And when we say it, when we say it and we don't know the chemistry of henna and when we say it and we're telling clients this, we're misinforming them. We're, we're, we're not providing them with, with the right education. And it, it honestly, it makes me crazy. Um, but okay. So I, I digress, right? So she, you know, she goes on to say, you know, I, you know, I, I had this great time with this artist and then I get this email saying, oh, by the way, 
um, you know, now you have to take care of your henna with lemon sugar and you have to leave it on and all these things. And she's like, I didn't even get that information prior to the appointment. I got it in an email hours after I left. And what is that? Like, what does that mean to me? And she, and she said something and I thought it was so spot on. She goes, you guys love henna for henna, meaning us as, as the henna artists. She goes, you guys love henna for henna. Um, you guys love the process of it. We, the people who come to see you, we just want something that makes us feel good. We want something that makes us feel beautiful. So to have the experience of, oh, I'm going to go and get my henna done so that I can have, you know, this time for myself, this time to relax, this time to, you know, just reconnect, this time to, you know, for self-care, this time to make me feel good. And then to leave the appointment and then get hit with homework. And this is the, the language that she used, you know, to get hit with homework. It takes the fun out of it. And, um, and I thought, man, like to hear that from the mouth of, you know, of a client, that is so, that's a gold nugget. You know, we have to be mindful of the experiences that we're, that our clients are having. And we have to be mindful of the lifestyle that our clients have as well. And for us, she, you know, she's totally right. For us, we know the ins and outs of henna. We know that, um, you know, when you get your henna done, you're going to need to leave the paste on. And we know that, you know, the longer it's on the skin, the better the stain is. And so, you know, for us, it's like, you know, we we love henna. We want to have, we want our clients to have the best stains because that's what excites us, right? That's that's part of the the experience. But were you really thinking of your client when... You allow them to sit at, you know, you allow them to, to book the appointment, come to the appointment, have the appointment, leave the appointment, and at no point prior to any of that, do you advise them that that appointment also comes with, you know, some contingencies that also has, there's some things that they're going to have to do. And it really... <laughs> It made me kind of laugh to myself because I I think, you know, it, it made me think, it made me think to myself, why, why do we, why do we, sometimes, you know, in doing this work, right, you know that saying, we can't see the forest for the trees, I feel like that applied here, you know, this artist took the effort to educate their client with that follow-up email, but it was a follow-up email, and so it took, you know, that experience where she had a great time. She enjoyed the artist. She enjoyed the work that she received. But then she got this email and it totally changed her perspective. It totally changed um, her feeling about that appointment. And actually she said to me, after I received that email, I was really annoyed. And at that point, I just wanted to take the henna off. She's like, at that point, I just was done. I didn't want to go back and see her again even because I didn't like it that much. Um, she's like, you know, I have a life. I have a life. I, I, If I would have known that it was going to require me keeping the paste on for a long time, then I would have planned differently, right? Like she would have done things differently. She's like, but I'm a type of woman and I'm out here trying to conquer the world. And now all of a sudden, you know, I did something that was meant to make me feel good. And then I get an email telling me, 
Now I got to go to the grocery store and freaking find a lemon. <laughs> and, and she's right. You know, she's right. And so, um, I wanted to share that story with you guys because, you know, in hearing it from, hearing it from her mouth directly, um, it made me think, you know, think back to my experiences with, my experiences with my own past clients, my experiences with henna, um, my experiences hearing what other people's experiences are with henna. And it's true. I think many times us as artists, we do, we operate from that place of, um, that curse of knowledge where we we know what needs to happen, but we fail to remember that for many of our clients, they this is either their first time or they've had henna before, but perhaps they were misinformed by a past artist or they've had henna before and that artist gave them zero education uh, whatsoever. And so they come to the appointment with a certain expectation and they leave um, and then that's where disappointment creeps in. Because after that appointment, after all the fun and games are over and, you know, that feel good, you know, air has kind of passed on, then they're left with, but wait, now what? And that thing that was something that made them just happy, and again, you know, just to feel beautiful, just to feel great, just to do something as a treat for themselves, now feels like a burden. Now, in no way am I saying, tell your clients nothing about aftercare or in no way am I saying tell your clients they don't have to perform good aftercare. Not at all. Not at all, right? Obviously, we want our clients to get the best stains. Like we want them to have the best experience with their henna. But you have to think about it from their perspective. If you were, you know, going to pick up some new service, let's say you're going to go do some new service and you'd never had that service done before, you'd have questions. And if the only thing informing your perception of that service and that experience is, well, on Instagram, I saw that the artist drew some designs and then I saw the finished design and then I saw some stains, then they're not connecting the dots in between that this had to happen in order for this person to get that good stain. Or, you know, it took this long for the paste to dry before this person could get up and move again. Or, um, you know, after this, you know, after the, after the design dried, the paste would fall off. Like our clients don't know those things. And if you fail to connect the dots between those, those little steps for them, then really you're doing them a disservice and you're not thinking of them and their experience in the long run. And when you don't think about your clients and you don't think about the way that they're perceiving this process, right? Then, man, like you really open yourself up and you open your business up to undue criticism. So like in hearing her feedback, I couldn't help but to agree with her 100%. I would have also been quite irritated if this was the first time that I went to get henna or even the third time that I went to get henna or the first, you know, the fourth time that I went to get henna and, you know, and I have this great experience, but I don't know what I don't know. And then, you know, here I am thinking, okay, this is done. It's over. And then I get an email with a task list. That would also for me be like, oh, well, I mean, can you have shared that with me when I was in your chair? Couldn't you have shared that with me before I got to the appointment, you know? Or if this is what you need from me, then don't you think it would be worthwhile for you to like, I don't know, give me an aftercare kit? You know, I, as a consumer, 
I I had I had no choice but to agree with her. I think that she was spot on. So I have to ask, like, in your business, are you thinking about your clients? Are you thinking about the place that they're in when they book your services? Are you thinking about their lifestyle? They have a whole life outside of seeing you. And I say this, oh my gosh, I say this to my students all the time. People have a whole life outside of your henna experience. And so they're going to forget things. They're going to overlook things. They're going to need reiteration. They're going to like, life is busy and you are not the center of their universe. What they have is a, you know, an experience with you for a number of minutes, whatever, you know, however long the duration of your session is. And then they go on about their life. And I guarantee you that most of what you've said, they, they'll they go on to forget, right? So it's our job as the professional, if we really, truly want our clients to have the best experience and we really, truly want to um, make sure that they have that, you know, those great dark stains that we want them to, that we want for them that we have to also take responsibility and be proactive about educating them through the process from the beginning, right? From the get-go, like before they book your services. Are you thinking about your clients? I like, I have to ask you that. And when she said this, you know, as she was, you know, explaining her frustration with that experience, I had to, you know, in my mind, I just started to think about, is that, you know, where are the holes in my own business? Like, where are the holes in my own processes? Are there holes that I have, that I've overlooked because of that curse of knowledge? You know, are there spaces where I could better connect those dots? Because that's ultimately what we need to do, right? Like, you want to take your clients on a journey. You want it to be, you know, that they go from finding you on social media or on Google or wherever to becoming educated, becoming informed, knowing what they're getting because an informed buyer, an informed, you know, client is going to value you so much more than someone who just crosses, you know, crosses your page and, and just buys on impulse. An informed guest is that they're going to they're going to appreciate your work with that much more um weight, you know? So I, you know, as I reflect on this on on the experience and on that conversation, you know, I wanted to share it with you and I want to invite you also to just to do some reflecting and and look and see, you know, are there holes in in the way that you communicate with your clients? Could you better educate them? Could you better inform them? Could you better communicate with them so that they have a great expectation of of what's what comes next in the process? Um and and that's from the beginning, you know? What is henna? How does it work? What's it going to be like when I show up at the appointment? You know, what happens after the pace drives? What happens when I go home? What happens the next day and the next day? If there's aftercare instruction that you're going to provide them, provide it to them beforehand so that they know, okay, after my appointment, these are the things that I'm going to have to do or these are the things that I'm not going to have to do. Are you thinking about your clients? So I'm going to leave you guys with that question. I, you know, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit harpy. <laughs> I feel like it's a little bit harpy, but I, I was so, um, I was so impacted by what she said because, you know, it's true. It's true. And I think it's so easily overlooked 
And, um, and when you hear it from, from someone directly, right, it's like, man, that was good. That was good insight. So I wanted to come and share it with you guys. Um, but no, I would, I would love to know, are you right now, are you, do you feel that you're thinking of your clients and your processes and the booking process and the, um, just warm up process, if you will, as you allow them to get to know you on social media and in person and so forth, are you thinking about them? Like, are you really genuinely thinking about them or are you kind of just operating from a place of what's it take to get them in my seat and what are the things that they need to know? And like, can I just deliver it to them (laughs) in whatever way is easiest and most convenient for me? Are you really thinking about their experience? And I hope the answer is yes. I hope the answer is yes. But more than that, I hope that you'll choose to be critical enough of yourself to find a hole. Like, I'd really challenge you for that. Uh, Find a hole. Find somewhere in your process that you can improve upon and make that little switch. Make that little, just that little, you know, that little tweak so that you can better service your clients and your, you know, your potential clients, your prospective clients. You can better service them. And every single time, you know, you receive feedback about what you've done well and do more of that. Um... And then, of course, when you hear things like that, like like what I heard today, it's like, oh, gosh, I don't know about you, but like I'm I want to run through my whole booking process and see where those holes are. So um, I'd love to hear from you guys. If you're not already a part of the Headerpreneur community, I want to invite you. You can join us. It's a free Facebook group. We have lots of conversation there. And um, I'd love to hear from you there. You know, I'd love to know where you know, where did you find the hole? in your own processes and where did you find that hole in in your own like analysis of your business and after finding that hole I'd love to know what you did to fill it so that's it you know I had to I had to I had to share I thought that that was like oh it was just so good it was so good I said oh you guys I have to share this one with you because it's it was just oh so so such good insight such good insight and it's so rare you know they have someone to just share their opinion with you just like filter free. (laughs) And I loved her for it. So I look forward to hearing in the entrepreneur community how you will be filling those holes in your own business and um, how you'll be thinking a little bit more of your clients moving forward. All right. I'll catch you guys next time. Hey, babe, I wanted to give you a quick thank you for tuning into the show today. That was super cool of you to hang with me all the way until the end. Of course, I've got all the links that you might need from this episode inside of the show notes that you can find at hennapreneur.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed the show and want to stay in the loop with Hennapreneur, be sure to subscribe to the podcast too. You'll get all the new episodes as soon as they come out. I'd be so grateful if you take the time to rate or leave a review on Apple Podcasts while you're there. That tells iTunes that, hey, Hennapreneur is about something good, (laughs) and it helps us to reach more artists who would love the show. All right, that's all for today. I'll be back soon with another episode, but for now, let's get back to work, Hennapreneurs.